This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, August 5th, 2018. Back to school, new school year resolutions. Well, good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We want to welcome each one of you here at 100 West Green Street. And we want to welcome those of you who are joining us on Facebook Live. This is so incredible. The Franklin family, they're in Los Angeles and they're normally here with us. And they're online. Hi, Nate, naming everybody and my brother Dave and Pastor Linda Mariner's here and Barry. Barry's on the road. He's watching us uh, coming home from vacation. Is he driving? Yeah. So lots of other people. But if you're away, if you're on vacation, be sure to tune in Facebook Live. I'd like to uh, open us up with prayer. Would you pray with me, please? God, thank you so much for this day. It's a day that you've made, a day that we rejoice. And we're so glad to be together here and in cyberspace. God, you bind us together and so open us up that we might feel your presence right where we are and that we might be changed and transformed by it. I pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said, Amen. Amen. And before you start, I forgot to tell you guys about a special thing that's happening here on Friday night. It's Nerf night. And so this is for kids that are going into sixth grade through 12th grade. And Kyle Smith has an incredible night planned and he's got lots of those little darts ready. And this place is gonna just be Nerf zone. Don't come if you don't, you know. He's been planning it for 20 years. Yeah, yeah, Nerf night. So we hope that your kids, your grandkids will be able to show up and come for Nerf night. You know, you had half these guys excited until you said sixth grade. I know. Half the guys I know. We might were, need an adult one. They were ready. All right. So new school year's resolutions. Uh, just as we often make New Year's resolutions, uh, you know, December the 31st, we also often make new school year's resolutions during the month of August as we prepare for children going back to school. We Resolution, you know, it's a commitment of, uh, to do things differently, ho- hopefully better. So that's what we're focusing on here. And so these resolutions are often made before the first day of school. Things like this. Firm bedtimes. Plenty of sleep for children and parents. Nutritious meals, especially breakfast. We're going to have breakfast together every morning. Won't just be a Pop-Tart. A hearty um, breakfast. Yeah, a hearty breakfast. breakfast. Family devotions. <laughs> and how about this one? Planning ahead and no procrastination. Mm. Yeah. Now, last time I heard some giggles throughout yeah, that. Yeah, I was, know. Okay. And so we have that also that night before checklist, all those things that are going to be done each and every night before the kiddos go to school each day. For example, lunches packed night before. Check. Check, right? Yeah, I hear all those checks out there. Laundered, ironed clothes all set out and ready. Check. Shoes, at first service I said, you know, polish, but it's hard to polish sneakers, isn't it? So shoes set by the door, ready to go. Check. Book bags all packed and ready. Check. Homework reviewed and every single paper signed like it's supposed to be the night before. 
Check. Check. And then the list goes on. You probably have individual territorial kinds of things in your particular household, right? Yeah. So does this sound familiar to anybody? Yeah. So we're not raising kids anymore in our household, but it feels like, did you make, say, some kind of noise? I didn't say noise? a word. I just, I'm just listening to you. Okay. So we're not raising kids anymore in our household. I didn't do this this time, like first service. But... I don't know. It's just not January where I make some changes. It, it's like at the end of the summer, and it's time to maybe get back into a routine and do some things differently. So this might apply to all of us. So we have these new school year resolutions, great plan, great on paper, and then reality sets in. There could be something unexpected that happens, an illness, a really long work day, a weekend that takes over we don't expect, and then things just go kind of crazy, and then you get behind, and then those resolutions that you made get unresolved, and chaos takes place instead of the order that we had so hoped for in our minds. And you know those resolutions like we make on December 31st maybe don't make it too far past the month of January, mm. our fall resolutions sometimes don't make it past our, you know, past September because life happens. Mm. Life happens. And so you're signing the paper as the child's going out the door and you're throwing their lunch to them as it's getting packed, right? Yeah. So why is it so challenging for uh, these resolutions to stick? Uh, I, other than, you know, the last minute unexpected things popping up. Uh, whether they're first of the year, you know, New Year's resolution or new school year resolution, why is it so tough to establish a new pattern, a new habit, a, a new way of getting things done? Well, it's because a new habit doesn't just happen, does it? It's not an instantaneous thing. In a, in a study back in 2009 done at the London uh, excuse me, University College London, they found that it can take from 18 days to 254 days of repetition for a new habit to take effect. You missed 254 days. That's a lot of days, isn't it, Carrie? It's a lot of days. They found on average it takes 66. That's better than two months of repetition before that new habit takes effect. Now, no wonder it's so difficult to establish a new habit, a new pattern, a new school year's resolution. So it does take repetition, but something else that it takes to establish a new habit or a new behavior is energy. Energy. And I don't know about you, but sometimes energy kind of wanes. There's this scientific concept called entropy, and that entropy is this natural tendency in our universe to go for things to go from a state of order to chaos. Chaos. So order to disorder. Think about, think about our homes. So the dishes start piling up on the counter, and things start getting more and more disorganized. That never happens in, in our the, house. We're imagining that for maybe yeah, in some the other households, of course. But you know, they just don't jump into the dishwasher themselves. And so it takes energy to keep up with things. It just takes energy to be organized, doesn't it? 
in Genesis, in the Bible, we see that God takes chaos and brings order. God is a God of order and wants to bring order to our lives as well. So what's all that got to do with us this morning? Well, resolutions aren't just for the first of the year. They're not just for the beginning of the school year, but you know, they can be valuable to us as Christ followers as well. And some people might say that, well, we don't really need resolutions. Uh, if we faithfully read the Bible and live by it, well, maybe the resolution is to faithfully read it <laughs> and live by it. Um, a guy named Burke Parsons uh, wrote a blog back in, uh, in 2017. Actually, it was December 29th, 2017. He was preparing for, uh, for what was coming. He, it was called Four Christian Principles for Making New Year's Resolutions. He was doing that at the end of December. And, and he said in this blog that there is biblical precedent for making resolutions. He, he points, for example, to Daniel. You know, Daniel, who was... Uh, one of the people who was uh, uh, sent from his homeland, Jerusalem, and taken away to Babylon. And we read in Daniel, first chapter, verse 8. This is what we read. But Daniel resolved. There's that word, resolved. He resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way. And so Daniel made a resolution to, to not allow the culture he was in to define who he was and what he was going to do. But he, he resolved, he committed himself to a plan to stay true to himself and true to his God. We find resolutions in the Bible. The Apostle Paul, who wrote the set, a lot of the second half of the Bible, he wrote to the church um, of Colossae, Colossians, the book of Colossians. And you can read where he talks about Christ-like lifestyle. So this could be a resolution for all of us. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. As you read through Paul's letters to several churches, several places he has similar uh, suggestions of resolution such as this in his writings. In, in the blog we refer to, the blog by this guy Parsons, he focuses on a guy named Jonathan Edwards. Now, Edwards was a preacher, a philosopher, and a theologian back in the early 18th century, the early part, the early 1700s. Jonathan Edwards, at the age of 19, knew his weaknesses and how destructive sin could be. And so he developed 70, yeah, that's right, 70 resolutions as he committed to stay focused and live for God's glory. Now, you look at pictures of Jonathan Edwards. He doesn't look like a real fun guy. I imagine he was spending so much time focused on these resolutions. He never got out much. But anyway, here's what Edward said in the preface to these 70 resolutions. He, he, he wrote this, being sensible that I am unable to do anything without God's help, I do humbly entreat him by his grace 
to enable me to keep these resolutions so far as they are agreeable to his will for Christ's sake. If we look closely at what he says here, we find four points that will help us immensely when we go about the business of making our own resolutions for this new school year. So here's point number one. Resolve sensibly. Being sensible, he says, resolve sensibly. When we go about the business of making resolutions, be sensible in what you say. For example, if I make a resolution that I need to read the Bible more, and I'm like, I'm going to read the Bible two hours a day, that is not sensible for me. I would love to, but perhaps for me an hour is, is what I'm able to do faithfully and um, diligently and in a disciplined way. Keep in mind your limitations and your gifts. Be sensible in what you do. And there are times when we can make a resolution and implement it gradually, easing into greater allotments of time, shifting time in, what, in how we handle things. Otherwise, we get so overwhelmed that we just quit if we make unrealistic re uh, resolutions that really aren't sensible for where we are in life. Mm. Of course, sensible probably also means don't make up 70 for yourself because that would be probably a challenge for many of us. Okay. Next then would be um, be sensible that I am unable to do anything without God's help. So he's pointing out the importance of being dependent on God, resolved dependently. We, we live in a culture that strives for independence. I can do it by myself. I pulled myself up by my own book bootstring. You know, I self-made man or woman. This is the absolute opposite of that, recognizing our need to be dependent on God. We're reminded here of what Paul says to the church at Philippi. We find it in the book of Philippians in the New Testament fourth chapter, verse 13. Say it with me, bottom of the screen. I can, I can do, do all things through him who, who gives, gives me strength. Resolve dependently. When making resolutions, we need to depend on the Lord. Seek the Lord's help. Seek direction. Because in the kinds of resolutions that we're talking about, it's really the Lord and the Lord alone that gives us strength for what we need to do. So I resolved at the beginning of the year to take better care of myself, to eat better and to exercise more. And, and I have developed the habit, but it's not just something that I need to do, it's to honor the Lord with what the God has given me so I can be at my best. It, it isn't about me and I, there are days when I drag myself down to the floor to do those planks. And it's not for me. It's really to honor the Lord in the temple that the Lord has given us in our bodies to be healthy. So there's this saying that says, what doesn't kill me will make me strong. Well, what doesn't kill me will make me stronger. So he says that this principle really can become very um, self-seeking and very prideful. He's got this twist to it that makes a lot of sense to me in our dependence. He points out that what doesn't kill us by God's grace at times makes us weak so that in our weakness 
we may be more dependent on God. When I'm feeling really strong and, you know, I'm strong in the Lord, but then I forget and I have this amnesia and then I start getting strong in myself and everything gets flipped. But when I feel, you know, really stretched and weak, I am so much more dependent on God every day. How about you? Do you feel that same thing? So when I am weak, he is strong. And that's a great place to be. Weak in ourselves, strong in the Lord. Mm. And then we come to, I do humbly entreat him by his grace to enable me to keep these resolutions. And so we resolve humbly, humbly. As we read in the book of James, New Testament, chapter 4, verse 10, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. And so as we make these resolutions, we should do so humbly as we seek God and we do it for the glory of God. These resolutions we make are not for our glory, not for us to look better, not for us to be known as a champion of the faith. These resolutions, these commitments we make to do things differently should help us to look closely at how we might be better servants, again, not for our sake, but for the sake of God and for the sake of those whom we serve. And so we humbly seek God's help, whatever that might look like. And so out of the statement that Jonathan Edwards has given us, we can see that we resolve sensibly, we resolve dependently, we resolve humbly, and then he says this, so far as they are agreeable, they meaning the, the resolutions, to his will for Christ's sake. So what that means is, the bottom line is, the resolution is not about us. It's for Christ's sake. We have this thing around here, I am. You know what that means. It's not about me. So we need to think, well, what would Jesus do? And then take that one step further. What would Jesus have me do? How should I order, how should God order my steps? I need to allow God to order my steps and to be obedient to that. We have a great model for this in Jesus. And the example that I, we want to lift up is when Jesus was spending the last night in the Garden of Gethsemane it's the night before he was arrested. It's the night before his crucifixion. And Jesus was thinking ahead of what was to come. And he was praying that there might be another way to accomplish the task that God had set before him, to save the world, to save God's people, to die for us. But he knew in the same breath that his mission was to do just that. And he said, not my will, but your will be done. God-centeredness. And that, too, should be our heart's cry to center our life and our steps and, and everything we do on what God would want us to do, including the resolutions that we make. Mm. And so then we ask, what new year, new school year's resolutions do we need to make? And, and the thing to keep in mind is these don't have to be like revolutionary. They don't have to be like humongo 
uh, unbelievable. Keep it reasonable. Keep it uh, within reason there. Keep it, uh, what was that first point? Um, sensible. Uh, sensible. Sensible, that's right. Keep it sensible, uh, uh, doable. And so uh, um, the other day I was riding my bike. I, I like to ride. It's good exercise for me anyway. And oftentimes the rides aren't a mile or two, but maybe 10, 12. Uh, they did 20. And so I'm out there 45 minutes to an hour and a half. So it's a lot of time. And, and typically uh, I take my phone and I tune into something and connect into it. And it's typically like sports radio or it's music like... Uh, classic rock or, or some country music, and you know, it's very enjoyable for riding, but I got to thinking, can I use this time better than on those things? I thought, well, if I shut it off, maybe, gosh, go figure, I might even be able to be tuned into God. I might be even be able to pray. Of course, I won't close my eyes because that could be very dangerous when you're riding a bicycle, but, you know, thinking, talking to God, listening to God, I say, wow, how novel is that? Try that one. Or I have uh, friends who always talk about all these podcasts they listen to, all these, these preachers. And I wouldn't be good at just sitting there listening to a podcast. I'm not, I'd get too itchy. But, you know, I'm not doing anything else except riding, tune into a podcast or maybe some Christian music. So I tried it. So I tuned in this podcast to a preacher that I like. And actually during that ride, I got like two of his messages. And it was very encouraging, very uplifting, very God-centered. I said, wow, this is a great idea. And of course, though, you know, I haven't done it 66 times yet. And so um, it's not become quite my habit. I have to admit, it's easy, to, if you're not careful, to fall back to, you know, and you have to keep focused on it because... I could put a block on your phone. Sure. Okay. Whatever. However that works. Um, but, you know, so it's one of these habit things where, and when I say habit, it almost sounds like, wow, that's so rote. Well... Sometimes road isn't bad where it becomes an automatic. And I have to be, admit, it's not the automatic. I have something, okay, Alan, don't, don't turn into that, um, that station, but tune in. It's, you know, it's still in the process. I'm still a work in process, but it's a great opportunity for a new pattern, a new uh, resolution to do things a little differently, to do things a little bit better. So for me, anyway, that's a, not 70, but a resolution to, to use my bike time better than I have been in the past. So we always come down to this question, what about you? What about you? What are those things as the summer comes to a close and all of us kind of make these decisions about getting back into the swing of things, no matter if we have kids in the house or not, we, I think most of us do that. What are those things that we need to take a look at and how are we gonna do things a little bit different? When we just don't focus on, okay, what I want to do, but what does God want for your life? How does God want to order your steps? What does God want you to focus on? Perhaps it is waking up 15 minutes earlier to spend a little bit more time or a beginning time with God or to read your Bible. Uh, check out online devotions. You version of, of the Bible has great devotions that meet a lot of our different needs and topics. It's really, really awesome. Perhaps it is establishing the start of a new devotion time for your family. That being said, we have something so exciting that's starting in September. It's Fall Family Refocus. Fall Family Refocus. This information's in your program 
but I want to read to you what's in here. Did your family enjoy a summer of activity that has left you a little weary? I know some of us are like, yes, the kids are going back to school soon. Woo! All right. Do you want to point your children toward a life of faith, but find that stress and busy schedules keep taking over your week? I've heard that, and I've experienced that as well. So we're inviting you to join us for a four-week Sunday night series where we intentionally, intentional is the word, refocus our priorities, plans, and parenting around God's purposes. Many of you have asked for a parenting course in, in how to talk to your kids about things of God. Here it comes. And so we'll have nursery care. There will be some programming for elementary school. The teens will have a teaching and how they need or can refocus. And then as parents, you can be in this place and Bonnie and we'll use some of her resources to do some um, parenting courses that we've all been asking for. So we hope that you'll come and you can sign up and reserve your spot for that. So what is it? As we move into this next season where you're going to take a look and reorder, reprioritize your life. Just remember to keep it sensible and be humble about it and be dependent on God and then allow God to get the glory for whatever it is that, that the changes that you're going to make. And if you don't know what that is, just spend some time with God and wait for an answer and be patient, and God will lead you. God will give you what you need to carry out the resolutions that he is giving you. That's the good news of this morning. Let's believe it and let's live it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you for this time, and as we move into a time of Holy Communion, open us up so that we might hear you or get a nudge for next steps in our lives, what we need to resolve to do so that you would be brought all glory and honor. We thank you, Lord, for this time. And I pray all this in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.